if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, then you know I've had some lower back issues, totally non-related to working out, but just a freak accident moving gym equipment. I always like to say that I'm 90 to 95% better, but always looking for that extra little bit to get me back to 100% and ever hopeful I meet somebody that gives me some new technique that I can use to get me there. Well, in this episode, I bring on that guy, Rick Olderman, a physical therapist with a unique point of view on physical therapy and actually goes into issues that I have on this episode and something that I took and actually started working. If you're interested, stay tuned. How's it going? This is Brad Williams with Over 40 Fitness Hacks, the podcast where I help you being over 40 to fight the aging process without giving up your social life. I've been a personal trainer and gym owner for over 14 years, and I specialize in helping the over 40 crowd get to their goals. But enough of that. Let's get on with the episode. This is part two of three of an interview I did with Rick Olderman. If you'd like to catch up, go back in the episode. Yeah. Well, Rick, let's let's use me as an example for this uh, next episode, just to give you a real quick brief rundown of all my issues for the last five years. So I had a horrible trip moving some weight equipment in my gym where there was these little eye bolts anchored into the concrete, and that's what we attach our battle ropes to with a little carabiner. And while we're not using them, we put orange cones on there because it's a hazard, obviously. And I was just moving some equipment. I'm like, ah, I don't need to put the cones on there. I'm just coming in and out. As soon as I went in, started talking to someone, forgot they existed, moved a 40-pound rack, A-frame rack, where you put some weights on, and tripped with my right foot, lunged out so violently with my left, caught myself, and held onto the rack like an idiot. And immediately, I felt it blow. Something happened. And then over the next course of six months of just rehabbing and everything, it just kept getting worse and worse. The disc actually herniated. It was not a bulge. It actually popped. So it took a while for that fluid on the inner part of your disc to touch my sciatic nerve. And thus, I welcomed into the sciatic club, which is literally the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. Fast forwarding, did a surgery, felt like a million bucks. Oh my God. Did everything the therapist and surgeon said. And they told me I could go back to running and working out after I did my PT. I started doing sports again. A year and a half later, felt the pain again. We did the MRI. It herniated again. It's not a guarantee that your disc completely heals. Did the whole cycle again, rehabbing. I knew this downward spiral. It was not going to get any better. Did a second surgery. And this time was way rougher of a recovery than the surgeon said it would be. But since then, I've learned to take everything so slow. I don't run anymore. I only walk just to, not to get the pounding G-force on there anymore. I do a fraction of the weights. I just do more time under tension and get more benefit out of using lower weights. And uh, I would still say today, I'm only still about 95%. It's been another year and a half since that second surgery. So I'm always looking for an up in my game to get back to a whole person again. Yeah, this, this is a classic example, Brad. And I'm curious, which leg is your sciatic pain in? So I don't have any sciatic pain anymore, but I, I still have the tightness laterally across my entire back. And I do have some nervy pains going down, but it's my left side. Left side. Okay. So earlier when we were talking about that back pain test, you said that when I hug my knees to my chest, I feel a lot better than when my knees are just, my feet are flat on the floor and my mm -hmm. knees are bent, right? Yep. So that's showing. So what we're testing for in that first test is the fact that the back being too arched is mm -hmm. causing pain, right? Now that would be the real simple way of looking at it. And it's gener generally true, but it's not so much that your back arch is too great. It's that you have too many forces trying to pull it into an arch, okay? okay? So where are some of those forces coming from? Well, just locking the knees, as you found, tilts the pelvis forward, contributing to the arch in the back. So that's one, is just your walking and standing habits. But this, the other really big one, Brad, is that your thigh muscles are likely too tight, all right? 
So the thigh muscles originate up here at the front of our pelvis. They, of course, insert at the knee. When they are tight, they are pulling the pelvis forward, causing the back to arch. Does that make sense? Yeah. And when we lock our knees, we are activating those thigh muscles a little bit to do that even more so. So now it locks our pelvis into this arched position. Now, it's entirely possible. In fact, I would guess it's likely on you that you've got one side of your thigh muscles that are tighter than the other. Probably. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess that it's your left, left side. Yep, I think so. And so what's happening is that your left pelvis is being pulled forward more than the right. And the pelvis doesn't actually have to be rotated forward. For instance, if I, Brad, was there right now and I pushed as hard as I could on your chest with my finger mm -hmm. and you pushed against me and so neither of us moved, it doesn't mean no force is generated on your whole body from my finger though, right? And so a lot of people think, oh, everything's got to be rotated. No, if you just have the force acting on the pelvis, then your body is countering that force by locking into the arch even more. So it's not necessarily that the pelvis has to be rotated forward. So now, if we have one side of the thigh muscles that are tighter than the other, what that's going to do is it's going to try to rotate that side of the pelvis forward more than the other. Well, what that instantly does is create torque across the whole pelvis SI joint area, right? Well, sciatic pain is, starts at the lumbar area and the other nerve roots come out from the sacral area. So now you've introduced this torque through it, right? And then what also happens is that if this is pulled forward more, then the left side of that spine then has to arch more than the right side of the spine, which introduces rotation into the spine as well, okay? Yep. So you have all of the subtle things, and even though it won't show up on an x-ray, it doesn't mean that the forces aren't being generated in this pattern. Now, the other thing that's going on, I bet you, if you have someone who can measure the tops of your pelvis, I bet you'll find that the left side of your pelvis is higher than the right. I go to a chiropractor too, and that's always the main thing they're always working on, yes. that left yes. side. Right. And so that left side of the pelvis is higher than the right, but I, I don't know if they've ever commented on this, but I bet your le left side of your rib cage is lower than the right. Mm. And you should ask them next time you go in, hey, can you measure my rib cage to see if that's level two? I bet you it's not. Okay. All right. So what that's doing is it's, you've then created what's called a side bending pattern. Does that the pelvis is higher, the rib cage is lower, you're compressing that left side of your spine. The right side is relatively open. And so what happens is naturally, if you're compressing that side, then your nerve roots are gonna be compressed too, right? And your discs, right? Yeah. And especially you being a personal trainer and fit and strong, now you're adding other load to this whole system that's already rotated and side bent and is undergoing torque. So you're magnifying those problems as you add a weight in your hand or a squat or whatever that might be. Make yep. sense? Yep. And then, like I said, I don't have any sciatic pain anymore, knock on wood, but it's everything you just showed does make sense of why my back, my lower back is just always so tight. Yes. And the motion always fixes it and I do my stretches and everything, but it's like Groundhog's Day. Every day it's the same thing. Right. Why is it when I'm sitting or after sleeping, why is it the worst then versus when I finally start getting up and moving that kind of not all goes away, but it's way better. Well, let me comment on the fact that uh, you don't have sciatic pain anymore, mm -hmm. right? Well, you didn't have that disc herniation anymore after they operated on it either, but it exactly. came back, didn't it? Why, why did it come back? It squeezed out again because of all the forces? Because of this pattern that you mm -hmm. hadn't resolved yet, all right? So a lot of people believe that because they're not having pain or their pain is minimal, that they're not really having any problems, that these kinds of things aren't existing in them. 
but I, it's almost a guarantee that they are because we use our bodies asymmetrically, all right? So I'm gonna bet that before you tripped over that eye bolt with that 40 pound weight stack, that you probably had already set up a disc bulge in your disc already, possibly even a herniation. And that incident uh, exposed that whole vulnerable system and was the straw on the camel's back, so to mm -hmm. speak, right? To say that your body, just because you didn't have pain prior to that incident was perfect, I don't believe that's the case, all right? Because your consequent development of another disc herniation a year later proves that your body isn't perfect, right? Yeah. We don't just develop these things out of thin air. All right, so what you, when you, going back to your test, when you said that having your knees to your chest is what really helps you, the more that you have to bend the knees in order to feel better relief in your back, the more severe your back is in this arched position or the forces that are trying to pull it into that arch, right? Mm -hmm. So if it's being pulled for this much, then you're gonna have to counter that with this much, right? That's what that test is telling you, is that you've got significant forces acting on your spine because you have to pull your knees all the way to your chest before you're having really good relief, yeah. all right? Well, again, where are those forces coming from? Tight thigh muscles, all right? They could be bilaterally tight, but your left is still tighter than your right. I'm going to guess that they're bilaterally tight because you probably do a lot of leg work, I'm going to guess, yeah. right? And then my focus has always been on stretching the hamstring, which from what you're just saying, it's like I should be stretching the quads out too, amongst Absolute. other things, yeah. Absolutely. In fact, I bet you if you just started stretching the quads, you would feel tremendous relief in your back pain immediately. Wow. All right? So I'll get into that one in just a second. Yeah. But your question was, why does my back get irritated so much when From I- After sleep, yeah. Sleeping or sitting down. Well, when we're sleeping, your legs are relatively bent, first of all, right? And even if, though when you're sitting down, even with your hips flexed, you should be having back pain relief. But if your quads are tight all day long, mm -hmm. seven days a week, that your back is under attack, right? This whole time. And so those tissues are constantly being irritated, even though you're moving around and it feels loosey and you have less pain, it doesn't mean that they're not being irritated, yep. right? So what you're now doing is staying in one position for a prolonged period of time. And so what happens is you're, it gives your spine, your muscles and your fascia and your spine a chance to start seizing up to protect this area because you're constantly hammering it throughout the day and it's trying to guard against that. Yeah. Well, that often causes pain in and of itself, all right? That totally makes sense too. Yeah, so let me go over that thigh stretch for you, okay? Okay. This is a game changer for a lot of people with this pattern of, of back pain. So what you're gonna do is you're gonna lie down on a weight bench or something really firm, all right? You're gonna bring both of your knees up to your chest. This should feel really good. Yep. You're, gonna, you're gonna hug both knees and you're gonna hold onto one knee while you lower the other knee down over the edge of the table. Now. Your goal, because I bet you probably have pretty thick, strong legs. So the weight of your leg wants to pull that pelvis down and arch your back. And most people, because we're goal oriented, think, oh, I've got to get that leg down, right? To the ground. Yeah. Well, what, what will happen though, is that you'll subtly let this knee go forward to allow that to happen. You'll get up from the stretch and your back's going to be killing you because you just created that arching. Yeah. So hold this back here as firmly as possible because this leg is the thing that's protecting your back. Okay. And then let that, that other leg extending naturally go down however Just let it go down. It the knee should be bent at 90 degrees. And I'm going to almost guarantee that yours is probably going to go down maybe this far. Yeah. And then over time, it's going to start coming down, but don't force it because to push it down, 
you have to arch your back and engage that whole system again, right? And it's saying, I don't want that. So you'll do that for 30 to 60 seconds. You pull that back up, you reset both knees, and then you drop down the other leg. And you do that twice on each side. If you do that three to five times just today, I bet your back will feel significantly better. Oh, man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then I'm going to try out this and I'll do another episode on how that works. That'd be great. It will work. All right. I can almost guarantee it. So the two patterns that we've learned about that are behind almost all back and sciatic pain is this arching one. I call it an extension problem. And the second pattern is the side bending one, which causes unilateral back pain, sciatic pain, or SI joint pain. Awesome. If you'd like a little bit of help of checking out your diet and your current routine, I'd be happy to help. I always do a free 15-minute Zoom consultation for anyone, no strings attached, just to see if I can help you, point you in the right direction. So if you're interested, check out the show notes. The link is at the top.